in life. Sometimes we just need the truth. In a world of relativity, in a world that questions absolutes, this is the podcast of Naked Truth. Honesty, aletheia, bringing you the naked truth every time you tune in to listen. Full of questions and answers, looking at culture, hot topic issues, and how we do church in today's culture. Make sure to tune in every new episode to get your questions answered. We won't flub on the truth. We'll keep it real. Tuck in and get ready for this episode of the Aletheia Collective. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome to this episode. We are going to be talking about church and millennials, the the millennial church essentially. And I have a good friend of mine, uh, Nathan Thompson. He is currently the teaching and church online pastor at Liquid Church, and he's going to explain that for all of us who don't know necessarily what an online pastor is or (laughs) does. Uh, And uh, he graduated from Nyack College in Nyack, New York, an alliance church or church ministry college. And then he graduated from Alliance Theological Seminary, uh, which is also an Alliance Seminary. So that's kind of how I'm connected with him. He's part of my denominational background, and uh, he has a background in the Christian and Missionary Alliance. He was a youth pastor at Stonecrest Alliance Church and uh, was the young adults pastor as well. And so this is my buddy, my good friend, Nithin. Nithin, how you doing? I'm doing great, Marvin. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I think you're such a tremendous leader, and I'm so grateful for your voice in the church, both locally and nationally. So thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's uh, it's my honor as well, because I, I think a lot of people um, don't recognize kind of what what's going on with the online church and how to really gather millennials in their church. And at Liquid Church, sure. you guys are doing some really great stuff. Uh, you know, Tim Lucas... He started the church there uh, and, and has just seen a tremendous uh, growth in New Jersey, which is kind of a tough area. But uh, you guys have found uh, kind of a niche with millennials and have found a way to really gather them in and fire them up for church, which, as you know, is not a norm in in America. Yeah, absolutely, Marvin. And it is really fascinating. I've been on staff at Liquid for almost five years, and uh, it has been a rocket ship, just kind of watching how God has been at work in our church and all that he's doing in the lives of people. So yeah, I have learned a lot about how do we reach millennials? How do we reach not just millennials, but their parents and their grandparents, as well as just trying to do ministry in different ways. Um, We want to reach as many people as possible. And that has been challenging. It has been humbling and it's been exciting. So I'm excited to share with you guys a little bit about what God's doing. Yeah, yeah, and you guys aren't a small church either. Uh, what what are you guys up to at this point at Liquid Church? Sure. Uh, so Liquid, as you were saying, was started in 2007. Pastor Tim Lucas was actually an English teacher. He got asked, hey, could you lead a young adult small group? And so they started in this church basement with stale coffee and mismatched folding chairs. Stale coffee. And, uh, and they actually outgrew the basement. They actually moved down the street to a tavern. Um, and you know, no beer, just Bible. And, uh, they actually grew that to about 150 people. And they're like, we have no room. And they would invite people to come to church with them after they met at the tavern. And it just wasn't resonating with a lot of new people, people who were 
not believers who were coming out. So they ended up launching these Sunday night services for young adults, and then it blew up. 2007, they launched and they launched in a hotel in Morristown, New Jersey, and they actually outgrew the hotel. I think on Easter that year, they had a thousand people. So they decided, you know, we're running out of space. We see a big chunk of people are coming from New Brunswick, New Jersey. New Brunswick is a college town. Rutgers University is located there. So they said, let's put a campus in Rutgers. They launched their first campus, and they and about a third of the people went there. And then they filled up again. They launched another campus in Nutley, New Jersey. Then a fourth campus uh, actually was in Mountainside, New Jersey, which actually was a church merger, a church that was about over 100 years old, said, hey, listen, um, we would like to do a merger with you. And so Tim asked them, well, well how come? Well, listen, uh, we came and visited your church. And if we're honest with you, we hate your music. It's the worst ever. <laughs> You're too loud. And then Tim's like, okay, well, then why do you want to do a merger? He said, well, you're baptizing all our grandkids. And so wow. that's when we, we, we started to realize, wow, there's a generational transference that's taking place here. And, and you know this, Marvin, is you were kind of like part of that bridge generation, bridging the boomers and the Xers with the millennials. And so uh, that was the first of our, uh, two mergers. There's another church, about 12 members left, and they voted to um, give their building to us and uh, the core groups that gave us their buildings, they're all still part of Liquid. They're all serving faithfully. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, we have about seven campuses. Um, we're averaging about 5,000 people wow. um, at our locations. And then in my online world, I'm averaging maybe about, I think, seven to 10,000 uh, viewers a month, something like that. Wow. Wow. Well, we'll get to the online piece in, in a moment because, you know, I, I think a lot of folks might not understand that or what that means. But, you know, my, my first question for you, as, as you've been in, in the system of Liquid and have seen all that God has done, uh, you know, I remember Joel, who did the sound uh, in 2007 <laughs> right? in the hotel. Uh, he was a friend of mine from Lake Champion and was part of the Alliance uh, at that time as well. But yep. in, in your opinion, uh, as you've been in this system for a while and you've seen God work, in your opinion, what does a church need in order to attract millennials? Yeah, Marvin, and that's a that's a bit of a tricky question because it really does depend on the vision of your church, the heart of your church, the size of your church. But let me just kind of give maybe what I would say are kind of the big principles that I think that would really attract millennials to what you're doing. Uh, one, I'm a preacher. That's kind of my heart. And so are you preaching to the millennials? Now, if you're like looking around going, where are the millennials? You need to prophetically preach them into the building. Uh, you need to preach in ways where literally their parents, their grandparents are thinking, oh, wow, like I would bring my grandkids here and they would they would connect to this. And so I would say that's your first step. Preach them in. Don't judge them. Don't make these assertions like these lazy millennials, these uncommitted millennials. None of that. Cast vision yeah. on who you want in your church. So these are the millennials, by the way, who at 19 years old are starting these multi-billion dollar startups. Think of Facebook, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. You need to speak life to the millennials and the Gen Z, by the way. My Gen Z, by the way, is now getting into college and out of college. So it's not even just about millennials anymore. Yeah, so that's I the first that. thing I would say. Yeah. Second thing is this is a cause-driven generation, okay? So if you want to reach millennials, don't start off with, all right, first you got to start out with your 101 believers class, then 201, then 301, and then finally you can go on a mission trip. No, no, no. You need to say, hey. Do you want to go on a trip to help drill wells in, in Rwanda? 
we are going to be drilling wells. In fact, you don't even have to be a Christian to come. Wow. And when you start kind of talking about the causes, so at Liquid, we have two signature causes. One, as I just said, is clean water. So we say, hey, listen, why don't you come on a clean water trip? Well, I'm an atheist. That's okay. Come on the trip anyway. We want, we are all about, we want you to belong before you believe. And so, you know, a lot of churches have it in reverse. You got to get all your doctrine right. You got to be a member before you can go on a mission trip. We have it reversed. Just come, come and see, come experience. So the other cause, and, and, and honestly, Marvin, this is really where we're seeing God doing something very unique in New Jersey, is special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, New Jersey has the highest rate of autism in the entire country. And wow. so as a church, this is way before me, we decided that this is not a problem, this is an opportunity. And so we decided as a church that we are going to love on the special needs kids and families. And so we started small. We would say, all right, if you have special needs kids, we are going to have a buddy for each one of those kids. So they have someone that they can go into Sunday school with so that parents can actually go into the service and have a break. In fact, Marvin, don't tell anybody this, but sometimes parents will drop their kids off and our pastors will, hey, listen, if you guys want to go back to your house and take a nap or you guys want to go on a date and not come into service, that's totally fine too. We just want to bless you. And that's a huge blessing to families. And then we grew from there. We had a parent support group. Then we started doing parents night out once a month where parents could drop their kids off and their siblings who don't have special needs for three or four hours so that they can go on a date, watch a movie, take a nap. Um, And what we've been doing the past few years is partnering with the Tim Tebow Foundation doing Night to Shine. These are proms for teens and adults with special needs. And and I can, let me tell you this, Marvin, uh, for those churches that are listening to this, I think every single church should find out how you can get involved in Night to Shine. And if you're like, well, Nathan, we're a church of 70 people, partner with other churches. And then as a and then you get to be this huge witness in your community because here's what's fun. Like um, so I was at Stonecrest Community Church for many years. They did their first night to shine uh, two years ago. And it was mostly church people. They did it the next year, it was most people from the community. They wow. caught people in the community heard, oh my gosh, like you're doing this good thing. And we call it the best party of the year. People want to do good. Millennials want to do good. If they see that you are doing good, they want to be a part of that. They, it doesn't matter how big you are or, or how small you are. If they can see that you're doing good, they want a piece of that. And, and so I would say those are the two things I've seen at Liquid that has really been a kind of what we call our, our spear point into the community to reach millennials. You don't have to compromise your doctrine. You don't have to wear skinny jeans. You can be yourself. But I think if you preach them in, cast vision, and then also yeah. invite them on into your causes uh, yeah. right away. That's a well, huge it's, win. It, it's interesting you talk about special needs. That's actually something that uh, at Indiana Alliance Church we just we were starting. There was a, a awesome. family that came to our church, a younger family, and uh, they have a kid in middle school. Uh, they have a little kid, and they have a baby, and they have a, a special needs child. And, uh, you know, the, the mom came and said, hey, would you ever consider starting a special needs ministry? And we said, well, yeah, we— Let's look at this. What would it look like? And and currently, we are moving our nursery uh, across the hall, uh, and moving a special needs room into the old nursery because it's connected to a bathroom, something that was needed. And mm. uh, this mom had said, you know, this is a huge need in our area. If you do this, be prepared for growth because, you know, like you said, those parents they deal with so much every day, day so in much. and day out. 
And, you know, the mom and dad told me it's easier to stay home and then go to church. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not fun. It, it is not uh, uplifting because I'm sitting there missing everything because I, I'm trying to, you know, engage my child or keep him quiet or, you know, and those things are sad that, that that's the reality of it. Right. Um, but we're we're really excited about jumping into into that process. So, you know, as you as you talk about that, I just wrote down night to shine because that might be something that we can jump into and the church right. is behind it. They're putting money towards it. I mean, we are a small church of about 220, 225. But, you know, they they caught the vision for it and they're jumping in. And and part of that, Nathan, is I, you know, I did read Liquid Church and, and that that piece inspired me as well. And so, you know, that there's a book by by the founding pastor, your boss, Tim Lucas, uh, called Liquid Church, where he gives yep. the six powerful currents to saturate your city for Christ. And, and he talks about uh, the wells and, uh, the, you know, the, the special needs ministry as well. So I appreciate, you know, you uh, you sharing that. And, and I, I think that even just answers my second question. The single most important thing that Liquid is doing to draw the younger crowd is getting them involved in those types of things and, and preaching them. And I'm, I'm a preacher too. You and I were friends with that. <laughs> you know, yep. we, we love to preach and teach and any anytime we can, we do. Uh, and, and I, you know, I try to preach kind of in that, in that same energy level, uh, of drawing people in and, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. So hundred oh, uh, percent. Yeah, man, it, it's, uh, it's good stuff. And, and I, I would love to tag team preach with you sometime. We've talked about that. Uh, oh, in, dude. In, let's in do it, past. man. Yeah, I'll come dude. to Indiana. I'll come to Indiana. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And, uh, and I would come to New Jersey, although I'd be afraid, uh, New Jersey would rub off on me a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. New Jersey's awesome. Uh, so, oh, so uh, one of my other questions I think is important that we get to is the online church. So, tell me about the online church. You know, some might think that this is reminiscent of the virtual reality church uh, show that John Chris did. He made fun of oh, online right. church. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so he. If you want to go uh, YouTube that, I don't necessarily agree with everything John Chris has been doing recently. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone should be agreeing. No. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, he made some good points about how you can choose right. your music. You can choose, choose your preacher. One of the things he touched was, you know, you can choose your conviction level, um, uh, on yeah. what you see. So, so talk to me about online church. What's your role? Why is it important going forward? Sure. So truth of the matter is every church has a different vision for how they do online church. I'll share a little bit about what liquid has done. Um, Really, for us, what we have seen, and I'm just going to share, you know, I'm still building the data around it. Uh, what we've seen with our church online is so a couple things. Let me start off this way. Um, we don't see church online as a substitute to church. It okay. is a supplement to church. Here's what I mean. Uh, we've seen church online as a side door. And, and what I mean by that is we have folks who go to one of our campuses. They, they are regular attenders. But... Maybe they just had a baby and they're like, I can't, I can't come to church because of the germs or, you know, I'm still getting my, you know, all that stuff. So I have found that couples will actually watch church online because they want to stay connected to the community. They want to stay connected to the messages, but they just can't get out the house. Um, We've seen people go on on vacation and people who are in Puerto Rico or Germany and they're watching church online college kids and i know marvin you have a heart for college students that was a part of your ministry and you know this is true when they go off to college if they don't find a fellowship within a certain period of time 
they're going to be struggling in their faith. So our college kids take church online with them. They can still stay connected to the community as they're looking for a inner varsity or a crew or some sort of campus fellowship. It's almost like this media um, medium point that keeps them connected to the community as they're, you know, going, you know, off to college There's a a college student. She goes to our Garwood campus. She's now um, studying abroad in Germany. How many evangelical churches are in Germany? that you and I know of Marvin. Yeah. Not a lot, not a lot, not a lot, but she watches church online. I see her little dot when I, when I'm, when I'm looking at the infograph and I'm like, there's that girl from Germany. She's watching. She's, she's connecting that way. So that's kind of one group of people that, that watch church online. Um, and those are for our own people. Like, you know, if someone's sick, you know, you know, Marvin, you've got, you've got a couple kids, your wife is, you know, your wife is sick with one or at home with one of the kids, they're sick. Then the next week, the other kid's sick. You, she could be missing three or four weeks because your kids yeah. keep recycling the same sickness. So with church online, they can stay connected um, or, you know, your wife can stay connected to what's going on at church. Um, the other group that we have watching church online are folks that, you know, our goal, our vision as a church is we want to put a campus in every county. Our goal is to saturate the state with the gospel of Jesus Christ, put a campus in every county in New Jersey. We have 21 campuses. And we, we are looking at and saying, who's watching and where in New Jersey are they watching? So hmm. we've got some folks that are watching um, in Burlington, New Jersey, which is like four or five counties away from where, we, you know, where the nearest campus is. And they're like, we're waiting for you to come down to Burlington, but while, you know, until you're here, we're going to watch online and we're going to participate that way, which, which is great. You know, I've got some folks that are serving, that are involved uh, in that sense. And then... Um, we've got folks that are watching, and for some reason, they're like, Liquid's my church. It doesn't matter that I live in Florida. This is my church. This is my community. Uh, you know. Uh, and so even though I, I interact with those folks, I'm like, have you considered this church here? Uh, this is a great church. They're like, nope, going to Liquid, and that's it. And so uh, for those folks, I'm like, well, we need to do something for them because I feel like uh, unless they want to find another church home, I want to at least invest in them so they're not kind of left out there just kind of dangling. And so, you know, trying to create spiritual community for them, trying to resource them. Uh, I met with a guy the other day. He's down in Florida. This is kind of a crazy story. Um, mm-hmm. From New Jersey, down in Florida, started meeting with a bunch of guys who were in recovery. So these are about, you know, started out with maybe five guys, and they would watch church online together before their AA meeting. Then now, you know, we just talked with him. It's about 40 guys that get together on Saturday night and they do their AA meeting and then they watch church online together. Mm. And I'm like, how can I help this guy care for these, these, these folks? Because before it's kind of been his own thing. So, you know, now we're trying to figure out how do we give him small group training? How do we give him resources? Again, that's not something that we normally see our church online do, but yeah. that's where I'm like, I think we need to do something. Um, because for whatever reason, and you know, we're in conversation, we're in relationship. Um, he's not finding a local church down there, and so, all right, well, let me come alongside him and kind of help him with with that. So, yeah, no, that's that's you know, for our church, we do live stream for the yep. same purpose as as your first uh, community. You know, we mm-hmm. we do, and we we we've had a kind of an outbreak of of the flu in our area, and so a lot of parents are keeping their kids home. They're not yep. they're not having them, you know, with the uh, the family with special needs. I mentioned earlier, they're hopping online. Uh, you know, yep. we had all kinds of problems with our with our live stream. But, you know, I told the elders and I, and I said to our staff, I said, we've got to invest in this. We've got to fix the problem. Yep. 
Uh, and so we did because, you know, we have a lot of shut-ins in our church. You know, our church is a little bit of an older demographic church. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely see the uh, the value in the online piece uh, for, for live stream. But, you know, you make in- interesting points about those connecting points. Like with college students, you're right. I mean, it, if they don't find a community of people, you know, one of the things I learned is that freshmen – the, in the first two weeks, the people that they connect with there are the people that they, throughout their the rest of their college years, statistically, on the majority of them, maintain those those relationships, uh, wow. which is pretty pretty stellar. Two weeks, you have two weeks really, to uh, in the life of a freshman, uh, and there's other times where they're going to find themselves wandering through and wanting Christian community, but those two weeks are some of the most important weeks in in a right. college student's life. So, you know, oh. you, you make really great points. And the other thing too, Marvin, I, I just remembered this. Um, you know, people I know for a while were saying, well, if we do more online, people won't show up to our actual building. Hmm. I have actually, we've actually seen that as the opposite. And, really? you know, I, I'm, yeah. So here's what's interesting about church online. Um, most people, when they want to visit a church now, they look up your website. Yeah. And if you have church online, they're going to be watching your services before they show up. Mm-hmm. So if they're watching the services, by the time they show up, most people, once they show up at your church, they've already decided they want to come here because they've been watching yeah. online for several weeks, several months. In fact, I talked to a woman who was at our Night to Shine event. She said, hey, I recognize you. You're the online pastor. I was watching online for, for weeks before I finally came to Liquid. I'm like, oh, where do you live? And it turned out she lived literally a block away from our uh-huh. church. But she's like, it's a big church. I don't know what it's like there. But because... She was watching online. She just got a sense of who we were and what we're about. Um, and so part of the challenge with, with a lot of churches is how do you make the online experience vibrant? Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, at, at our church, we are a bigger church. We do value production value and things like that. So, you know, we, we, we've kind of created that environment. So it is a bit more engaging. But there's things that churches can do, free things that can actually help enliven up your online presence. Obviously, Facebook Live is a big one. Um, On our website, we actually have been using the template from LifeChurch. LifeChurch does this great church online template. It is phenomenal. You can actually host an online chat so people can actually identify themselves and and kind of talk through and things like that. Because that's my goal, too, is I want to help people step out of anonymity and actually identify who they are. So, you know, we have everything from like, hey, if you're new, fill out a connection card, which I'm sure you have at your physical location. Um, if you want prayer, we got someone that you can click on this button and you can receive prayer f- from somebody. Um, you know, if, if you come to Christ, there's like a little banner you can click on. And so they've been a great resource. If you ever go to, you know, this is all free stuff. You can go to Life Church. I think they have this thing called open.resources. Type in church yeah, online. Their stuff is awesome. Their stuff's great, yeah, and it, it's it, you know you can make it work on your website, and it makes your church online experience stellar. So you know I think you just basically connect your whatever video feed you're using into it, and it creates way, and it, and then you can get it on demand throughout the week. It ends up being there's a lot of really cost effective ways to do that, and if you have questions, um, I'd love to help you out with that. You can email me at nithin at liquidchurch.com, n-i-t-h-i-n at liquidchurch.com. Love to know how I can help or cheerlead for you and um, and your church. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that, it, it is a new concept, and I know a lot of folks uh, in talking with even my staff, there's like this discomfort. And what I think what's interesting is, you know, one of the things that we're wrestling with is we had a Sunday where there was a lot of snow, and uh, we had maybe a hundred and 180 people show up, but we had 79 people watching the service online. You know, so yep. the question is, do you count that in your statistics, statistics <laughs> or not? You know, because there's that yeah. there's there's that sense of, well, I mean, they're here at our church in some sense. You know, so right. so does liquid when you say you have 7000 people online and 5000 people in the seats in, in the in the actual buildings that you guys host your services in? How, you know, do you delineate out? Do you say, okay, 7,000 online, 5,000 in the service? Or do you kind of blend those together? Because they are, I mean, th- those are 12,000 unique people. Yeah. So here's kind of how I measure church online. Um, we, we, don't, we don't add church online to our Sunday, to our like, physical locations. Um, I actually use a metric that I got from Saddleback's church online, Jay Cranda. Um, is the online pastor at Saddleback. He has tons of resources. Um, I use his stuff. He's got online courses. Um, so here's what I measure. I measure for, the first thing I measure for is reach. I want to know how many unique people I'm reaching. So that's always going to be the bigger number. So, you know, for our website, I'll give you an example. Our website, we reach maybe about a thousand people um, uh, on average in the month of January. We do Facebook Live. We reach anywhere between five to 6,000 people. Now, yeah. here's where you got to be realistic. Um, some of those people on Facebook accidentally hit, accidentally push the button on your service. Like they're yeah. scrolling through and like, oops, like I, oh, I see Marvin preaching. Oh, cool. Okay. So some of that you've got to just say like, but you know, the way I see it is that's okay. That's a reach that counts because what's going to happen is if they see that every week, maybe one of these weeks they'll actually st- stick with it. So that's the first thing I measure. I want to know. How many people are we reaching? Like, yeah. and what do we, what can I do to expand that reach? Even if it's for a second or two seconds, I want to know who am I reaching? Okay. The second question, and to me, this is where I really want to know. I want to know how many people are watching for 15 minutes or more. Now, this is kind of like the standard church online uh, thing. I want to know yeah. how many sessions of those folks are watching because maybe they came late or they started watching the stream late. Uh, maybe they caught 15 minutes of worship. Maybe they caught 15 minutes of the message. Usually on average, our people will watch maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Um, okay. And usually that number is way smaller. So for instance, if I reached, wow, we reached 12,000 people. Amazing. But out of that 12,000, we had 600 that watched for 15 minutes or more, which gotcha. is great. You know, then, um, so that's like the folks that are, you know, that we're kind of, that have remained. Then I look at the people that have been responding. So I have a couple different ways that people can respond. Um, if you use the the church, um, the Life Church uh, uh, platform, church online platform, it actually measures how many comments you get in the chat, how many prayer requests, and so that's when I'm like, okay, someone's stepping out of anonymity and they're engaging. I want to measure that. I measure yeah. how many people filled out a new person card, um, how many engagements on Facebook. So I actually go through and count the comments that are on Facebook. How many likes? Like because those are those are showing engagement. And yeah. then finally, I measure is new believers. So we have a new believer card on our church online, and every person that fills a card out, I send them a personal email. And you know, I'll be honest, the folks that respond normally aren't new believers. They just are like, oh, I want to push a button, and that's what <laughs> I get. 
<laughs> but I, I believe that God has people that are watching who aren't believers, and I want to give them an opportunity to respond. So I want to yeah. make sure I have that. And again, we there's some areas that we need to grow, some systems we need to develop around that. And eventually, you know, I, I want to get like something where, okay, I want to grow in spiritual community. For some reason, I can't come to a campus. Can we do like an online small group or something like that? I'd love to be able to kind of, that would be a great next step. Because if I'm like, okay, out of all these 12,000 people that have watched, uh, 15 of them are in a small group and they're actually yeah. growing in their faith. They're actually taking steps of discipleship that I'm like, that's the win. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, you know, I know some churches, it's all online and some churches that are there, you know, I know that with Saddleback, their goal is they want you to do face to face. So even if you're in Brazil watching Rick Warren and Saddleback, they want you in someone's living room talking about the message, which I think is a worthy goal, whatever your philosophy of church online is. Yeah. Wow. I, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm learning a lot myself. And it's good that you guys have a dedicated person there to respond, you know, during the services or after the services to connect with those people and and really look at all the, the stats that come with it. And I really appreciate, you know, you had said that, uh, you know, the, the number of people who are there for 15 minutes or longer, you can look at that and, and make it more realistic because you can, mm -hmm. you know, you can inflate. So, well, 12,000 people saw it. But, uh, you know, not dig into the, the, the deeper reality of how long they're watching it. Uh, yeah. I, I only have one other question because we're running out of time. Uh, sure. You know, in, in, in Tim's book with Warren, uh, a friend of mine as well, a mentor to me, they, they wrote this book together. He talks about three types of churches. The church that's a movement, the church that's a museum, and the church that's a morgue. And, mm. you know, obviously he points to you want a church that's a movement. Uh, museum right. is museum is like people come in and look at it and they're like oh that's really nice a morgue is full of dead deadness and and uh it, the church is clearly dead uh so yes. you know in your opinion uh in in the next couple minutes i know this is kind of a big question for a short amount of time but how how do churches avoid being a museum and or a morgue how do they stay a movement yeah that's a that's a great question marvin um I wish Tim was here because he'd do a way better job answering it <laughs> than I have. But I think when you're moving into a spot, when you start to feel like we're moving into a museum mode, like when you start feeling like, you know, this is how we always do things. Like this is mm -hmm. what has always worked. When you start realizing and start celebrating and talking about the good old days more than the days to come, that's when you should be alarmed. And wow, yeah, you know, I've been in churches. I've been in churches where the leadership is like, you guys remember we did that, that church play uh, five years ago, and so-and-so got saved. Uh, you remember when we used to do this? And, and I'm like, and as soon as your leadership is talking about how the good old days were, then you're in trouble. Yeah, um, that's a good point. You know, and I think that's kind of like the canary in the coal mine. And I think that's the point when you're like, all right, we need to start thinking about the future. And, and whether it's what is something new that you can do that can actually build momentum. So maybe you're like that right now, in fact, and you're like, man, like we've been talking about the good old days. We need to do something new to build new momentum. Night to shine is a great thing you can do. It's something that's new and fresh. It's going to build momentum and actually refresh your church. And you can actually get back into that movement mode because people are getting excited again. People are coming to your church and checking things out. Um, I think, you know, one of the things I've learned from, from Tim, which I think is phenomenal, is Tim is ruthless at always growing and always learning. Um, and it's not just by reading books or going to conferences. I've seen Tim, 
um, you know, and, and this is, you know, he uses it kind of like the whole um, the growth barrier mindset. You know, we're a church of 5,000. He's hanging out with guys who are at churches of seven to 10,000. And he's just asking them questions. He's hanging out with them going, hey, you know, how, how do you handle with this? Or how do you deal with this tension in your church or, or this staff issue? So I would say if you want to grow, you feel like you're kind of in that museum mode, um, yeah. you need to maybe find some churches that are killing it around you. Like maybe you're a church of 300. Who are the churches of five and 600 around you that are a little bit ahead of you that you can learn from? That yeah. you can ask, hey, hey, how are you getting and retaining volunteers? What are you preaching on? And how's that? How's that connecting with your people? Um, you know, I've seen Tim do that, and I've been doing that as well as I connect with like church online pastors, and I as I collect, connect with other teaching pastors. It's really helpful to understand a guy who's kind of in the same place that you are, but maybe a little bit further ahead, and you see yeah. and you see what they're doing differently. That's growing. Um, if you're in a morgue situation, man, you know we do have a God of resurrection, but it is tough. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is hard, um, but it's possible. When I've talked with guys who are slugging it out, bringing resurrection to their churches, but it's a lot of work because there's it's it's in a museum. There's still a little bit of momentum. In yeah. a morgue, there's no momentum. Yeah, and it's really really hard. And a lot of times, the the solution is, well, let's just get a young guy out of seminary who's got lots of ideas and passion. But that's actually not the solution. That's just another reason to kill this new guy. Yeah. Um, sometimes what you need to do is have a funeral for that church. Yeah, and then and say, hey, you know, in fact, that's what we did with our with our mergers. We just said, hey, listen, we are so grateful for all that God did at this location for a hundred years, yeah. and so we are going to, you know, honor you and love you and celebrate, and just say that this is the end of one time, one yeah. season. Well, and now, I, I don't know. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Jump you, in. I don't know if you saw that uh, that one article about uh, the pastor that was coming in and saying, okay, we're going to shut this church down for a year. We're going to restart. And, uh, you know, all the 70 to 80-year-old folks said, you know, he's telling us that we need to get out of this church, that we, you know, we need to leave because we're going to shut down hymns. We're going to do this and that. And when mm. he, when they interviewed the pastor, he's like, that's not, that's not, I'm not trying to kick out the old folks. I'm not trying to say that what they did was, was bad. The The goal is to say, okay, we have a specific type of reputation in this area. We need to shut it down and restart it. Uh, yep. and, and, you know, he said, I would love the older generation to back it, to, to really draw in their own generation. But when it came down to uh, modality and, 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 and the way it was going to happen, they disagreed with it and, and kind of felt like he was shoving them out. You know, I mean, mm. that's that's a that's a really difficult road to to really travel on. That yeah. uh, you know, some people feel that way, but the 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 funeral is not necessarily saying, like you said, it's not saying what happened is bad. It's saying God's got some new things. Yeah, it's God's got some new things ahead. And we actually had a church in our denomination in my district that had to have a funeral not too long ago. And the district superintendent said, you know, it was a celebration. It was God cheering, mm. uh, you know, it, it was God honoring and, and us cheering them on from what God had done in their uh, in their church past and saying, okay, you know, now we've got to look and think, what are we going to do at this church and this building moving forward? And it was, you know, he said it was a beautiful but very difficult uh, time. But it was, as you said, a celebratory funeral. Right. So... Hey, you know, Nathan, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I know. Oh, that, r- real uh, quick, let, yeah. let me share with you one more resource. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. We actually, 
we, we have a great video. We call it the miracle at Mountainside that actually documents how when we came to Mountainside Bible Chapel, how that merger happened. And it's Tim, and it's also the pastor who was at that church for about 30 years. That's beautiful. And it's a, an amazing story. If there's any folks that, you're, that are listening to this right now that are wondering, how do we make that transition and do it well? This is a great case study. I would highly, I don't know if you do show notes or anything like that, um, but you can either Google it or you can again email me at nithinatliquidchurch.com. I can send you the link to that video. It really is a God thing. Hey, man, I would love if you would email me that uh, that video and I can post it. You got uh, it. I post this on Facebook. I can post that, that uh, you know, that article or that video because I, I think it, you know, we have to think about moving forward. You know, as you said, you know, we have to attract the next generation. We have to figure out how to do that. And, um, you know, I'm in a, a denomination and, uh, that uh, has a lot of older pastors who are getting ready to retire What's going to happen to those churches? You know, like you mm. said, someone drawn in from seminary who doesn't really know what's going on experientially. They have a lot of theoretical knowledge. That's not always going to work well. Um, so we right. need to raise up young pastors who have the experience, who, who we, we allow them to dream and to work and to, you know, to be raised up in our midst rather than yes. saying, hey, go to school and then come back. School's great. They need, to, they need that education. You and I, you know, we both have master's degrees. We both have our, our undergrad in ministry. Yep. So those are valuable things, but also giving them opportunities. You know, I wrote the, the, in the book Unleash, giving the younger generation opportunities to lead uh, and, and giving yep. them the ability to dream and, and passing on your influence. And so and those even are, if they're not fully ready yet, right? You let them lead, even if they're maybe 60% there or 70% there. Yeah. yeah and they're going to make mistakes. afraid of failure. Yep. We have to embrace it and celebrate it. Yep. That's what we have to do. That's how we're yeah. going to move forward. Exactly, man. Hey, I, I, uh, I, I know you've got to bounce off here, and I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your wisdom. Uh, I appreciate your friendship and your experience uh, what, with what God is doing there at Liquid Church with you. And you know, I wish you guys nothing but the best and really care for you, you. As, as a brother and a friend. Yeah, man. So uh, well, thanks for your appreciate time. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, thanks yep. for having me. We should do yeah. this again. This was fun. Absolutely, man. We definitely have to do it. So uh, God bless you, brother, and may you have a, a great night, a great day, actually. It's only daytime now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks All a right, lot, brother. man. I'll see you. Yep. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Well, like I said, that was uh, my good friend, Nithin, and uh, I have really appreciated him as a friend and as a resource, and we've been talking about ministering to millennials together for, man, six, seven years and just trying to figure it out as we walk alongside one another. And uh, if you are out there reading and want to know more about Liquid Church, you can read the book by Tim Lucas, and he talks about a lot of the stuff that uh, Nathan just brought to us in in uh, the podcast here. So that's, uh, that's all we have for today. I'm going to try and keep the segments b- below 40 minutes, and we're at 38 minutes right now. I really appreciate you taking time to to listen and to uh, just check out some different things. Maybe you got some new ideas as a pastor or as a church member, uh, as a Christian, you know, just thinking through how do we really interact with uh, millennials and Generation Z. We've got to start having conversations about that generation more than we have about the millennials. Stats show that uh, they are less interested than millennials in church, which is a pretty big statistic. 
So those are thoughts that we got to think about. Really appreciate you guys, again, uh, checking out the podcast. Stay tuned for more podcasts that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be hitting all kinds of broad-spectrum ideas, uh, talking with other pastors. Uh, so thanks for joining us for the Pastor Collective, and uh, be on the lookout for the next episode.